glad you could join us for episode 126 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne. And ordinarily, we'd say we're going to continue our discussion of Joss Whedon's Space Western Firefly. But you know what? We're, we're going to talk about Doctor Who because the Series 9 premiere was just this past Saturday. And, and it's awesome. we got to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. We always we always talk about the uh, the Doctor Who premieres and the uh, the Christmas episodes, right? Yep, and I mean, obviously, we're going to get back to Firefly shortly, and Dark Angels just around the corner. So, you know, it'll be okay. Yeah, just relax. It's yeah, fine. Ex- it'll exactly. only be ten, fifteen minutes long. Settle in, enjoy the ride. Right. And as always, love to hear from you via email at sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or at the website where you can record a voicemail via the send voicemail tab. You can also record your own audio clip and send the MP3 as an attachment or just send us a tweet at sci-fi TV rewatch. As always, we encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussion there. And listen, we know there are Whovians out there. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Drop us a line, yo. Yeah, in fact, you know, the other day at lunch, uh, you know, we're, we're yeah. talking about it. Next thing you know, these some of these people that, I mean, we, we know them, but we didn't really know that they were Whovians and they're jumping right in. Yeah, yeah. Brand new staff member this year and she just jumped right in. Was able to talk coherently and intelligently about Doctor Who and so we immediately liked her. Yeah, and we might even help her out with materials for her classes if she so right. uh, needs them. Uh, don't get crazy. Okay, good point, good point. But, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's now you, you had mentioned last week that, that for you, and, and I guess I didn't realize it, but, uh, you know, some of the cable packages don't have BBC America, so you have to get it on Amazon Prime? Yeah. Okay. Right. And so how long does it take before it comes up? Um, I don't know. It, it comes up sometime... Overnight, I wake up in the morning, it's there. Um, I've never stayed up late enough to figure out exactly when it when it arrives. I don't, I don't know. So you're not one of these Netflix people that like stays up until midnight when one of these shows is released? And um, I think actually this last one I did check probably, I did stay up till like midnight okay. just to check and see if it, if it was there at midnight, but it wasn't. So I was like, all right. You know, like like Daredevil and Orange is the New Black. I read all these people. Oh, yeah, I stayed up and then I watched like, you know, eight hours straight, didn't go to work the next day. Yeah. 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 I'm not that hardcore. Yeah. yeah. Well, we can't be because we, you know, have a job that rather requires us to be there, as, you know, whenever we can. And well, we shouldn't yeah. skip it for such frivolous reasons, right? Well, you know, uh, well, we should. But the problem with our job is it's generally more work to take off than it is to go in exactly so you have to really ask yourself if it's worth it exactly so uh, all right well listen why don't we get to what it is we're going to talk about here which is doctor who series nine episode one and and i'm kind of a purist i'm not sure we've even talked about this but it's not season nine it's series nine season nine aired like back in i don't know what 1972 okay 72 right uh, well, thereabouts. I'll take your word for it. Yeah, well, it's sixty-three, right? That oh, was the first yeah. season. Ah, math. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, series nine, episode one, "The Magician's Apprentice," written by Stephen Moffat, directed by Hetty McDonald. She's done one other Doctor Who episode. Do you want to take a crack at what it was? Um, the first Peter Capaldi. Nope. Nope. 
I'm going to give you one more guess. Blink? Blink. Really? Yeah, I'm telling you. I I read that, you know, she's done one other, directed one other Doctor Who episode. I'm like, oh, what what, what is, how, wow. How did I not know the director of my absolute favorite Doctor Who episode? Yeah, I know. And uh, well, anyway, and this one aired on September 19th, 2015. We are recording this on Tuesday. The yeah. 22nd. So just uh, we've had a couple of days to think about it. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's obviously a two-parter. And it looked to me like when I looked at the schedule, there are at least four, maybe five, but I think four two-parters scheduled for this, se- oh, this season. I love the two-parters. Yeah, me too. And, uh, you know, it's funny because we were watching the Castle premiere you know, earlier in the evening and we, we still, we got about like six or seven minutes to go. And I said to my wife, this has to be continued. I don't see how they're going to wrap this up in six or seven minutes. So you probably haven't seen it yet, right? Not yet. No. Okay. I anyway, I Gotham last night. Oh, yeah. that the premiere. Uh huh. Cool. It was awesome. Okay. I was going to say sounding by the sound of your voice. It's sounds yeah. like that, but fabulous. Uh, Love me. Gotham. It's awesome. All right. Marina Baccarin in it indeed all right yeah which uh, again i was telling you earlier it was, it was really funny because i would rewatched um objects in space last night to take notes on it and everything and then right after that i watched gotham so it's like seeing marina backer in uh, 2002 and marina backer in 2015 and she still is a very attractive woman but you know i think we said today that back in the firefly days she was basically perfect you know, like flawless, like, yeah. you know, um, and so she's aged a little bit, but she, you know, I, she's still incredibly, incredibly attractive. So, yep. all right, well, listen, speaking of, well flaw- speaking of flawless, uh, there's a lot, I, I mean, there's not much to pick apart in this Dr. Who episode. I mean, any, any first reactions? It was, I mean, it was awesome. Uh, I, th- I think Michelle Gomez is awesome. She's my, absolutely one of my favorite parts of the show. I just rewatched, season three and she, you know like those last couple episodes that she's really in it were just amazing and uh and actually she was in i don't know if you saw because you get hbo right i do yeah did you watch the brink over the summer no oh you should have it was so well you can still get it's on is TV. that a series yeah it's a it's like a 10 part half hour comedy series with uh jack black and uh tim robbins and um the guy who played Richie Valens' brother in La Bamba. Oh, okay. I know exactly who you mean. <laughs> yeah. And uh and and um Michelle Gomez is in it. And she's like she's just like always, you know, she plays like she's still like the same off the wall, whacked out character there, you know. So anyway, with Missy there and uh the guitar playing at first, you know, it really started strong. As I said, when you asked me about it at first, you like popped your head in. You're like, how'd you like it? I'm like, uh, you know, there's, there's no way they're dead, obviously. <laughs> you know, like, sp- I'm sorry, spoilers, um, you know, in, in the show, allegedly. And if you, really, if you haven't seen it yet, totally close your ears. Right, because um, we will spoil. Right, and we're, we're going to spoil this the, the crap out of this right now. But Clara and Missy both get seemingly vaporized by the Daleks, right? Right, sure. But, um, you know, I, I've, I've seen the trailer for this this season and Clara is in a lot of those shots and a lot of the shots I saw in the trailer I haven't seen yet so obviously she's not dead right 
Um, yep. right. And so, which then you say, well, doing this, there's no emotional really gravitas to this, you know, because I, I know she's not dead. So why are you even doing this? Well, that's true. I mean, I guess what I'm thinking is that we're going to see the emotional impact that it has on the doctor because, I mean, I mean, clearly that's what a lot of this episode is about. In fact, one of the things that really got my attention first is that one of the things I love about Capaldi's doctor is that he just seems bent on traveling down this path of darkness, and I love it, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I really like the darker doctor. Sure. Yeah. He is way darker than Matt Smith. You know, yeah. Obviously. And a lot of people would argue and rightly so that Matt Smith got darker as, as his stint went on. And that's certainly true. And, and I probably liked his darker doctor better. Yeah. But even when he was quote unquote dark, he wasn't really. Oh, not dark. like Capaldi. Yeah. Yeah. Look, not like Capaldi. You know, and that's why like Capaldi is just, I guess he's so like Scottish, right? Yeah. Like he's not like out there crazy funny like or eclectic like um matt smith but he just has these very nuanced kind of and especially like his funniest lines you really have to listen for him because he doesn't deliver them with a smirk or a smile or anything like that it's it's i wouldn't call it quite deadpan but he delivers it in a very subtle manner and that almost it's like that's what i realized like rewatching it how many hilarious lines I, I like completely missed the first time around. Yeah. Well, you know, even, you know, you mentioned the guitar scene and, and clearly that's an image that has been up on the internet, you know, for, for months now, but to then see it in context where it really is kind of a fun scene. I mean, certainly from the viewer's standpoint, you know, there's a certain amount of agony that he's still going through in that scene. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, now the, I mean, the other thing that, that, I was thinking about with this darkness, how much is the result of these conscious decisions that he's made in his life? I mean, how did he find himself in the middle of this battlefield? I mean, did the TARDIS just randomly land then, yeah. then and there? Yeah, that's, that's, that's an excellent question. Um, but it's pretty clear he doesn't really necessarily know where he is, right? He certainly doesn't know that that's Davros. Right, not at first, absolutely. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, like how does he end up there? You know, it seems like a lot of times there's definitely some kind of fatalistic hand is guiding the TARDIS and, uh, you know, he just kind of shows up where he's needed always. And, um, you know, and I think this is another situation, how they're going to play this out. You know, when he said that when the little kid says he's Davros and you just, see his face like blanch and then he's faced with this moral conundrum do i save my deadliest enemy the guy who destroyed my world but he's a little kid and he leaves you know like that seems like such an undoctorish thing to do well you know what you just said though about the tardis landing where it's needed i mean that's really interesting because it's as if it's tied in symbiotically with the doctor and and that it I guess instinctively knows that maybe he needs to cleanse his soul for things that he's done in his past. And and this is maybe one of the first stops. Yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty cool if that's what they're planning for this season. Yeah. Right. You know, making amends for these things, but you know, and again, you know, there, there weren't very many funny scenes. I mean, you know, because this, it was a pretty serious episode, but you know, the hand minds. Yeah. I mean, obviously, 
the wording is funny, but they're pretty darn creepy. They were extremely creepy. And that's with the Capaldi. Obviously, they, they've now this is the second time they've gone with uh, something crawling out, you know, and grabbing your foot type yeah. motif. But I don't even know what's I'm trying to think what the creepiest thing was in, in the Capaldi era so far. And the the hand coming under the bed and high just was pretty creepy. Um, and then the creature that stood behind him. When they were at the window. Oh, yeah. Man, remember that? Yeah. But then I think back to like the Christmas episode and all the people that were lying in bed with the stuff over their face and everything. Yeah, all the, the, yeah. the, the crab thing. Right, what yeah, yeah, yeah. So, man, there's been, the creep factor is definitely up. And then you got the guy who's a snake. Man. Oh, oh, and then when his, his the things kind of like rotate. Yeah. <laughs> the different segments. Yeah. That was messed up. Yeah, that that was pretty good. That was uh, that was I was actually I told you this before. Yeah, you know, I was actually thinking, you know, maybe I'd try to institute like a a family Doctor Who night that we all sit down together and watch Doctor Who. And so I figured, well, maybe I'll watch. You know, like start this season, we'll do it. But I figured, well, maybe I better watch it first. And I got to that part, and I'm like, oh, the seven year old would not. <laughs> right, I was going to say would not stand for this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the girls aren't probably ready yet. No, not yet. Uh, Age-wise. But, you know, then along with the hand mines, then we've, of course, got the axe fight. Right. <laughs> Again, right. which was classic. And, you know, I, I guess I got to do a little bit more research, but uh, somebody did tell me that Capaldi is playing most of that guitar stuff. Really? Uh, I mean, whether or not that's true, the first part... Again, I heard uh, uh, that one Doctor Who podcast that I listened to, Radio Free Scara, which is, is really pretty cool. And uh, they were talking about whether any of the stuff he was playing was recognizable. I, and I swear that I thought the first part was it sounded like something from Van Halen. Yeah, it was Eruption from Van yeah, Halen, definitely. Okay. Yep, yep, absolutely. Um, and then he stopped. He played a little bit of uh, Pretty Woman. Oh, well, that was outstanding yeah. and then of course the the great thing about that is they both think he's playing it for them right <laughs> yeah he played a little bit of mickey right which we got earlier oh right in right. the episode yeah and there was some other stuff in there but yeah he definitely came out that was without a doubt that was eruption yeah um, and just so look i was never really a big fan of the back to the future movies uh and you know okay it, it was kind of cool you know michael j fox playing the shredding guitar you know 30 years earlier than it should have been. But, uh, you know, this is like three centuries earlier than it right. should have been. Right. Well, yeah, and people are saying dude, too. So. <laughs> was Which awesome. is really funny because the first time the guy said it was a guy he's supposed to be fighting. And he was like, I can't remember what he said, but he said, like, what are you doing, dude? And I'm like, did that medieval guy just say dude? <laughs> like, now, right. Now, did the fact that they actually say the word anachronism, did that take anything away from it? For you? No, I mean, I think it's a little meta, you know, I thought it was good, you know, it's like kind of acknowledging it, and uh, I thought it was just, it made it funnier, that much funnier. That's what I thought, exactly, uh, so that was cool. Now, one of the other things that, that struck me is that it almost seems as if Davros isn't necessarily focused on killing the doctor, but rather forcing him to face that decision that he made to leave the young boy to fend for himself. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, you know, certainly he wants to make him twist in the wind, but so then are we led to believe that he, because then going back to your theory that, and of course, I think just about everybody I'm sure agrees with it, that they're not dead, right? Uh, Clara 
and Missy are not dead. They've just yeah. been temporarily vaporized. Um, They're just mostly dead. Yeah, right. But is that the kind of thing that, that how do you get to the doctor? Well, how do you find the doctor? You go, you find his loved ones. Sure. And, you know, how do you hurt the doctor? You hurt his loved ones. So is he just playing with them? And is that, you know, is it going to be one of these things that Davros turns out to be a bigger man than the doctor? Because mm. he won't kill anybody at the end. Right. That's, that's an excellent question. That's, I never thought about that. That, that could very well turn out. Like, yeah, I mean, right. I mean, he's responsible for inventing the Daleks, right? Yes. Okay. And, and the other thing is he's making him face it on Scaro, right? right. The, the home of the Daleks. Uh, and, and that was another pretty cool thing. The, uh, you know, the way, the visual that uh, he only thought he was in a, in a spaceship. Yes. And, and the, uh, the two women, of course. Yeah. Missy figures it out, right? Yeah, exactly. And that was pretty cool when they walk out there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> With a slight bit of trepidation, but, yeah. you know, but, but this whole idea that, you know, when, and talk about the look on his face that they've never seen before. And it's a look of shame. Yeah. That, that was, uh, yeah, it's definitely emotional. And I think this is actually one of the ones, and whenever they bring up Daphros, that I think the people who have, watched all the classic episodes can really appreciate that more um if you picked up with eccleston uh like i did then the only time we really have seen davros is in um the stolen earth and right and then the the one after that so the last two episodes of um uh fima ajiman's stint as a uh, as a companion right series um, three right and and so I guess we don't really, you know, I mean, obviously he's super evil and they tell us how bad he is. But, you know, if you've been watching the classic series and have seen all the episodes in which Davros was and how terrible he was and everything, um, then you kind of, you know, I guess you, you feel it more, I would assume. Right. And, and I guess we're, we're left to wonder then, has he had time as he's growing, grown old and is now near death that, that he's kind of, you know reflecting back on his life and and that again that that he is going to rise above what the doctor did to him but you are going to face what you did but then it gets back to that that age-old question and look they're dealing with the same question in continuum with matthew kellogg it's that if you know this person's going to grow up to be the biggest mass murderer of an era would you kill him as a child yeah and as the doctor said you've never seen me kill hitler Right. Right. Yeah. And he had a chance. Yeah. Yeah, we saw that. Um and and so it's just times and, and places that and people that to remove someone, you know, like to remove Davros from the equation, to remove the Daleks, well what does that mean then? I mean if you even think about it in the larger context, like I mean, because we know we saw what the the time lords were like before they went down. Right. And it doesn't seem like they were really much better. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, anytime you've got time travel, you know, obviously the the creator is responsible for setting up the the time travel rules, but the one that I like is that you have the 
important person theory. So in other words, you know, some people will will go with no, that. That's, that's butterf- what you guys said on continuum podcast. Well, well, but that is, I mean, that's not even right. our rule. That's that's the, the uh, fixed the fixed points in time, right? Well, well right, and, and that you know the butterfly effect that you know you kill a butterfly and all that, but th- that no, you know that that it will self correct for these minor changes, but that sure. if you take a, a, a an important person and take them out of the equation, that is going to have an impact. So like when you say that, you know, you modify the man's, uh, I guess, emotional state of mind that, that, you know, originally invented the Daleks. Well, maybe now he's, he's a happy guy and he's got no reason to invent them. Right. Exactly. But then what ramifications does that have, you know, down the timeline? Exactly. It might branch out to a totally separate timeline and then the, you know, the uh, freelancers going to have to come in and try to fix things, and <laughs> and then they're all going to get killed, and then all of a sudden the time marines are going to show up, and then it's just chaos. Yeah, well, thank God we haven't had to deal with like branched timelines in Doctor Who. I don't think. I, I guess I shouldn't even say that because yeah, uh, I don't know. It's just things are like the science quote, and I do air quote science of, of Doctor Who is so confusing sometimes. Anyway, that half the time you're just like whatever, just let it go. Exactly. Who cares? It, it's a great tell me story. How you're going to have to fix it and then show me how you get there right 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 now the other thing that again really got my attention is that the relationship between missy and the doctor supersedes the one he has with clara and and i guess really any of his companions for that matter and and to see clara you know kind of hurt by that realization you know especially when, when when the doctor gives his will to missy rather than clara sure absolutely um, but good point. Like, what would Clara do with it, right? She wouldn't even have the first idea. But, uh, you know, I, I thought about that. As they're saying that, they're, and I thought maybe they're laying on a bit thick as how the master is his best friend. But then I thought about the interactions between the master and the doctor. Um, even, like I said, just post Eccleston and beyond. Like the, the time we first time we thought the master died when he was John Sims and um, how sad he the doctor was. When he thought he had died, yeah, you know? and then he came back. And if you remember uh, again, John Sims as the kind of reincarnated master, but really off his rocker. Um, but he's the one who saves the Doctor, at pushing back the Time Lords uh, in the uh, at the end of time. Right? Was that the name of that? One? Uh, I'm not sure. But the you know the last David Tennant episode. Um, so you know, well, we've seen them though they are enemies we've seen like the you know the the closest of those two pretty well and so i you know i don't think it's that big of a stretch for them to claim that they are best friends yeah as well as arch enemies uh, although right. again another funny scene when uh, she overhears davros claim to be his arch enemy right oh yeah yeah and she was put off by that yeah so you know it'll be interesting i mean obviously we thought that there was a chance that jenna coleman would not be returning for series nine and then she reconsidered and, and is back and now it seems at least if you believe what you read on the internet that uh she's gonna retire after uh this stint and and, and that seems about right i mean three years is about yeah that's, that's a long time for uh i don't th- we haven't had any of the companions you know rose was two seasons yeah. Um, oh, what was female Ajiman's? Martha. Martha. Uh, right, it was Martha just Jones. the one year, right? Right, it was just the one year. Catherine Tate, one year. Karen Gillan. Yeah. 
two and a half, right? Yeah. And and now now this is actually really two and a half because she came in, you know, that one season seven where Karen Gillan did the first couple and then um Jenna Coleman came in and did the the back half of that season. Yeah. So uh it'll be interesting to see what her fate is at the end of series nine, is she going to be banished, you know, or not banished rather, but placed on another planet with a clone of the doctor? Right. Yeah. I think that it's been done. Yeah. It's been done. So, uh, all right. Well, clone of Danny pink or something. (laughs) I don't like Danny pink. Yeah. Yeah. I know there's, there's strong opinions about Danny pink. Yeah. But But I I uh, think we're going to see him back. So how's your boyfriend still dead? Yeah. Ooh. Ouch. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> snake sound there. All right. Anyway, I meant to do the cat fight thing. All right. But anyway, all right, so so th- let's go back to the title, though, for a second. The Magician's Apprentice. To whom sure. does it refer? Okay. Well, here, doing my rewatch of the last season, a lot of times people refer to him saying that he looks like a magician with the, the long coat and everything. Okay. Um, so I think part of it definitely is in reference to that. Okay. So the Capaldi is the magician. Yes. Okay. But maybe not though. Like I, obviously I don't think this episode is really, we haven't really gotten, I, I don't think we've, we've seen the significance of the title necessarily in this episode. Okay. But I think maybe the next one will, will reveal it a little bit more. Okay. All right, well, that sounds good. Um, you know, because I'm wondering, you know, is young Davros going to be the apprentice now that things have been changed, now that the timeline has been altered and that, you know, perhaps the, there is no reason for him to invent the Daleks. Yeah, could be. So, could be. Anyway, um yeah, so, you know, anything else? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, look, obviously we could we could keep going on, but the intention was to keep this uh on the short side, right? We're we're like twenty minutes over. I think what we intended. Yeah, actually, but that's, that's that's okay. Yeah, good talk, man. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, so you're good. Anything else? Yeah, I'm good. All right. Well, I didn't write down any lines, so I don't have any snappy line for the end of okay, it. Okay. So. Well, you know, we got we got a few of them in there. Uh, I mean, really, dude. Come on. Yeah, dude. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, listen, we want to thank you guys for joining us tonight. We'd love to hear from you about Firefly, Dark Angel, Doctor Who, or anything else you think we should be watching. Also encourage you to join the Facebook group, as always. And if you're already a member, spread the word. Emails to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or voicemails via the SpeakPipe tab, which you can access through the website. We'll be back next week with Firefly, episode 14, titled Objects in Space, we promise. But until yeah. then... I got nothing.